Welcome to Paper Tuesdays, episode 75. I'm Michael Mark, <laughs> and he's Halpin Boyer. Hello there. As Halpin Mark. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, you know, that's a sign, Mark, actually, that with that little jumble up there. When we go, when this podcast goes out to the masses, Mercury has exited retrograde. Great Thank news. Fuck. Yeah. Jesus. It has gone on for so long. It has. Yeah. Was it 20, 22 days it stays in retrograde? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Rita's taught you this, has she? She or? has, yeah. She has. Yeah. I learned it all. But um, has anything particular happened to you? Uh, I have noticed, I, as I said to you, that Facebook, WhatsApp and Instagram, they all went down. Mercury retrograde, come on, two and two guys. It's, it's clear as day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It'd be... No, I'm not going to put anything down to it, but I, I just find it interesting. And I like the old perk of coming out into it and returning anew into life. <laughs> we are, yeah, it's like the Chinese New Year. Yes. That's always when yeah. to start a new fresh. No more Mercury retrogrades for 2021, so you all know, put the head down, onwards and upwards, and uh, yeah, happy days. I have been having weird dreams, though. Oh! Uh, I had a dream a couple of nights ago where there was this kind of roller coaster thing that was in the shape of a bird cage, you know, that'd be on like Looney Tunes that the yes. area used to be in. Yeah. But it was like a roller coaster and someone else could control it. And I was controlling it and Breed was in it. And uh, I put it up and down really fast and I gave her a concussion and then everyone was mad at me. And uh, yeah, that's all I really remember from it. Right. What do you, uh, What's do you symbolism? think that there is symbolism there? Uh, yeah, maybe. Maybe I should be more aware of other people and how what I do affects them. Interesting. Maybe. 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 I'm, st- I'm not going to, but maybe I should. <laughs> <laughs> I had a weird dream last night. I couldn't get accommodation, but yet my mother and my father had, uh, they had space, but I didn't want to stay with them. And then there was, there was a whole gathering elsewhere. And it was in this rural part of Clare, and I couldn't get good Wi-Fi, but there was accommodation there. And I was, I, I was actually quite shaken when I woke up this morning oh, from yeah. the whole experience. Because I thought you'd get a place in Clare, no bother, but no. There's nothing better than waking up from a bad dream, though, isn't there? And yes. realising it was a dream. Yeah. That's the best feeling in the world. And do you ever have to double-check yourself a few days, a few hours later, like, wait, did so-and-so actually happen? Or Was that a dream? Yeah. Actually, speaking of this, I was going to get into this later, but... I was on Reddit mm-hmm. and I found a post. It was called, what's your glitch in the matrix story? Oh, right. right. Okay. So have you ever had a glitch in the matrix? No, not really. Is, what, is this like deja vu or is it like- Kind of deja vu or like, you know, reality kind of broke or something. So I'll just give, this yeah. isn't the one. I, no, I won't read that one because it's kind of boring. Basically mm. the, the lad who wrote this post basically said that he had an incident where he was in the canteen and it was 12 eggs in for to, to be taken, 12 boiled eggs. He took one put it on his plate, went to get an knife for, came back and there were 12 eggs there, but there was no one in or came into the canteen in the meantime. So that was his glitch in the Matrix story, which was shit. Right, <laughs> but this one is better. This one relates back to dreams. So this is from Sarah X 11 This will probably get buried, but when I was around 20, a few years ago, I kept having dreams about a woman with long black hair named Aurora. Pronounced A-Ror-U. <laughs> They were different dreams, but for some reason, her distinct face and name always ended up in them. It got to the point where I would wake up frustrated and confused, trying to Google her name or find out how I was connected to her. After a few months, she stopped showing up and I dismissed it, thinking my brain was just being a scumbag. Fast forward a few years later, Halloween 2009, I'm in the car with a friend, stopped at a gas station. I'm about to pull out and merge onto a highway when I get a phone call from a random number, so I stopped the car but no one answered. There was a person behind me who grew impatient, honked at me, and then swerved in front of me 
instead of waiting two seconds for me to move. Second they get on the highway, some silver Civic loses control of the wheel and crashes into the car that swerved in front of me. I called the cops and waited at the gas station for them to come. Turns out both drivers of each car had died. It 100% would have been me had I not got that phone call. Called it back a few hours later out of gratitude and curiosity. Rang three times went to voicemail. Hi, you've reached Aurora. Please leave your name and number. Never had goosebumps like that in my life. Called it again the next day because I was that confused about the whole situation. Some woman answers, we get talking. I tell her my entire life story, including the dreams I had had. She tells me she doesn't know how I got the number and that she never called. Uh, that she never called me as far as she remembers. Weird. Ask her if she has a Facebook to confirm that if she's in fact the woman in my dreams. Check her Facebook. Holy fuck, it's her. If that's not a glitch in the Matrix, then I'm just batshit crazy. Wow, that's unreal. Isn't it? That is crazy. Aurora, that's a weird name. Yeah. And she looked like what she looked like in his dreams. Yeah. That's mad. Which is wild. I'm sure I've had some glitches in the Matrix that you kind of, you know, it happens or something's happened and you're like, oh, I remember that happening mm. before, but it couldn't have happened before. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that that deja vu feeling is is gasful and it just come happens every so often. But um, with that phrase "glitch in the matrix," mm. it's it's skirting around a lot of things. But it's probably simplifying that experience for us all. Like yeah. what what I I know what the idea of the matrix is, but like is, is it a glitch in the matrix? Like what what I don't. I think it's like where reality kind of breaks. I think yeah. behind the scenes of what we see in our day-to-day life, there is some program going on. Yeah. Not that we live in a simulation or anything like that, but there has to be there's stuff moving around, there's stuff happening, there's energy going on, and I think sometimes it can, you know, like a crash on a motorway mm. or like a junction. Things can kind of get disrupted or whatever. Maybe that's in your own psyche. Mm. So I think that can happen. Yeah. Very well said, and, and everyone experiences it, but nobody really believes, or you're like, I can't prove that, you know. Or puts the value on it, or yeah, believes in it is probably the, the most accurate explanation. But like, it is crazy, like that, like you must see it with Avian as well, like that, like all of these things happen to us as we evolve and grow up, mm. but like we were once tiny, yeah, tiny, and yet these other things are now connected to us, even though, yeah. It is mad how we grow, and yet, yeah, I don't know. There you have it. Here, that's Mercury is exited by <laughs> retrograde. But Mark, have you ever thought of your own funeral? Vaguely, loosely enough, though. I'd say everyone says they want their funeral to be a party, don't they? Well, not everyone. Some yeah. Some people kind of want to be mourned. I, I wouldn't want people to be upset at my funeral. Mm. I don't think I'll be upset when I die. I'd be yeah. sad to leave people behind. Yeah, I know that they'll be sad that I'm gone, but mm. I think I'll just be gone. Mm. Do you know, I'll be somewhere else. Yeah. Well, have you thought about yours? No, I like that. I've heard of other people say, oh, I'd like to see who's at my funeral or who's grieving, but mm, no, that doesn't really bother me. But I think I, I like that. The a phrase that comes to mind is that the, the grave is no sunny side and just whatever it is, it is that, you know, you're not to, I don't know. I wouldn't be. Who would you haunt? If you came back. Who would I haunt? Yeah. People that are malicious or people that are try yeah. Gosh, now that you ask that, you can see how if people that pass on, you know, that they might fight for the good lads or something like that. Yeah. Vigilante ghost. Yeah. 
I I would haunt Flood. <laughs> I would haunt James. James, I will haunt you when I die. And I'll just I won't do like anything bad or malicious. I'll just kind of mess with him. I like he right. leaves his biscuits in one cupboard and I'll put them in another. Oh, right. And just stuff like that. Yeah. Or I'll put like his shampoo in his body wash and his body wash in his shampoo. Yeah. Stuff Good like idea. That. Yeah. I think someone's doing that with me. <laughs> Here, the, Kanda- the Kardashians have these thoughts, Mark. Oh, because they thoughts? They, <laughs> they want a moat surrounding their burial plot to stop people stealing their bodies. <laughs> Why? Actually, that's fair enough. I think there are people out there that would want to steal the Kardashians. Yeah, maybe. But would I... Yeah, I suppose it's one of those things that like... But would you be bothered, or would you? Well, I no, I don't think I'd be too bothered if someone like was that obsessed that wanted to steal my body. Yeah, you, they can have it, like yeah, it's not you, it's not yours anymore. No, yeah, um, but anyway, it's emerged after an American mortician. We call those funeral directors oh. here. Uh, spilled the beans because the Kardashians wanted to do a collab, but then ten months later, didn't. Uh, it, it fall through, but anyway, the keeping the Kardashians had this episode about grief, and then the, the mortician, anyway, I think she's not too pleased anyway, because she says that the idea of an obnoxiously huge marble fall mausoleum fixed the vibe for the Kardashians. So I oh, is that a bit of a dig? I think so. Obnoxiously huge. Obnoxious. Ooh. Yeah. Um, do you... Um, my family always hear me because I like graves. Do you like graves, Mark? Or no, you? not particularly. No, no. no. Never, what, what do you like about them? I it's not when I was younger. I used to because like the history of them, and I like to go up to you go up to these old graves and you put a sheet of paper on it, and then you do a rubbing on it, and then it come to life, and you'd see the original drawing and the original name, even though it's hidden from daylight. So that sort of thing. You can do that. Yeah, yeah. Block. Shout out to John Nangle. He's an expert oh, in it. Oh, shout out John Nangle. He has an old Irish Headstones Facebook group and it's lit with entertaining content every day. <laughs> now, so I was in Gory Graveyard a while ago. Right. And there's a grave, if you're going down towards Apple Green. Yeah. From from the graveyard out. Yeah. And you go right into that little hill of grass. Mm-hmm. You can look in to a tomb. 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 Tomb is in Galway. <laughs> <laughs> You can look into the tomb. Now, I didn't see anything, but I was with Breed and she told me she could see the coffin. What? Did you notice? I didn't notice, no. And apparently, like, her granddad had chat showed this, and he'd be a oh, genealogist, so he yeah. knew, like. Yeah. But uh, why is that? I don't why know. Why can you do that? I do not know. Bit That's voyeurism. Voyeurism, yeah. <laughs> now, would you be cremated? No, no. No? no. I'd rather be natural with the worms and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and do you know what put those, you know those ones, the, not the wooden ones. The weaver basket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me one of those. Yeah, <laughs> not like uh, Hunter S. Thompson. Did you ever hear about him? No, no. Johnny Depp's friend, he'd done all the gonzo journalism he invented. So he'd go out and like live with the bikers, like the, what are they called? Hells Angels. He'd oh, like, right. live with them, Robo's experience living with them. But he was a psycho. Like he, uh, I think I actually read his uh, drug routine on the podcast before. <laughs> right. I think I did. I did, did I? <laughs> yeah, but like he's just he just on drugs all day, every day. Excuse me. But when he died, he got Johnny Depp to fire his ashes from a cannon into the sky attached to a firework. Oh, wow. And it cost like 30,000 to okay. do it. But uh, yeah, when he died, he shot himself in the head, I think. 
while <laughs> oh, on right. the phone to his wife and daughter. Oh, so right. a bit, uh, right. you know, sunrise, sunset. You do that, and then you get fired out of a firework out of a cannon. Yeah. Did I ever tell you about Ashton? Like maybe I said it on the podcast. I'll go. Um, Ashton's family, any relative, um, they were drawn out the ashes, drawn the ashes on a at a site, mm. and they were went to a cliff site, mm. and uh, they opened it up, and these snorkelers came up at the same time, and the ashes came down, and <sighs> they they combined. Yeah. They inhaled. Imagine that. Yeah. Oh <laughs> no way! Did they do that? Yeah. Did they say that? Snorkers. Well, they were apologetic, like the snorkelers were. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, no. You'd be a bit of both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> looking for an apology myself. Um, what's Michael? I have to ask you about a bruise on your arm. Oh yes, um, this is from when I was I gave blood. Or no, I didn't give blood. Oh. Blood was taken from me by my <gasps> doctor. You didn't give it. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's important to get this right. Um, I had bruises all over my legs, Mark. Uh, did I tell you about this? Yes. Oh, uh, go on. Uh, yeah, well, like uh, bruises two weeks ago, and they were covered, and like they were in different patterns and everything. Mm. And it, it was a bit. It was ten days after the hurling match, but I never remember getting any hits in the hurling match. Mm. And but my my legs were absolutely covered. And when Ashton saw them after I got, uh, but she was like, Janie, I would have been more worried if I actually saw. The legs and not the photos um but anyway i got bloods taken most of them are fine i have to go back for one to ensure the completeness i'm very happy with my doctor dr murphy shout out dr murphy yeah. she was very comprehensive but yeah it was very strange mark she thinks they're from the hurling match they were signs of trauma and the trauma has now healed and passed because the bruises have gone jesus i uh i may change doctors oh I yeah time that last time i went yeah. to that, uh, the same doctors before a different doctor yeah but i had got i can't even remember what happened to me but i got hitting the head in a match anyway and i was a hundred percent concussed yeah and i went in and i told the doctor that i had a concussion and she was like no you don't and i was like yes i do and i was like i've had them before and i'm worried about how many i've had and then she goes oh will you ever get over yourself boxers do it the whole time and you look at them they're grand <laughs> okay and i swear to god okay right no Gosh. i left reassured obviously <laughs> but uh, yeah no no aftercare no medical assistance wow. just get over yourself Okay, my gosh, that's mad. Yeah. I have seen some physios, I uh, really strong in concussions, saying, no, that person cannot go back on lately. And I think it's a great change, isn't it? Like, oh, in comparison to that attitude that yeah. you had from that GP. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is, like, a lot of times when people have concussions, they don't admit it. Do you know? Because then either they'll have to come off, or, like, if you're seen to come off and you have no visible injury, mm. you're still, like, standing, you're, you have no marks, no cuts, you're fine, like, you can still run. Yeah. But then you have to say, if you ask, can I come off? I don't feel right. You feel like a bit of a pussy. Like it's like coming off because yeah. you're tired. You're coming mm. off because you got a knock. And that's fucking hard as well. And it's, yeah. it is then on the physio in that case to say, look, you're not playing anymore. Mm. You have to come off. And that's and then the other person actually probably is relieved that the physio told them that. Yeah. Because they didn't ask to come off. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's so true. Um Mark, in other news, Yorkshire puddings, are you a fan of them? Oh, yeah. Are you? Yeah, yeah. 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 I haven't had one in a while, and they make a good addition to a, a meal. Anyway, there's a pub landlady in England. She loves them so much that she's commissioned an artwork to celebrate the inclusion of a Tabasco-flavoured Yorkshire pudding, oh. and the artwork is features Yorkshire puddings. Gross. So, um, yeah, it's actually quite impressive, if you ask me. Oh, very nice. Yeah. There you are. Yorkshire-themed. Yorkshire pudding-themed... Uh, creation so fair play to them beautiful um 
sometimes one doesn't really have a winning match mark. And that was the case for a young British couple. Mm. They got the winning match alert on their national lottery um, app over in the UK mm. for the Euro Millions jackpot. A whopping £182 million. <sighs> but they discovered that their direct debit of £2.50 each week hadn't gone through. And they didn't win. Oh my god. Holy shit. And was that the only week it didn't go through? Maybe earlier, but they that, they thought they'd won it and then they realised they got a phone call from the National Lottery. Sorry, but your direct debit did not go through. And like, had that ticket... They had the right numbers. They just never actually bought the ticket. Yeah. And they had the same numbers and yeah. And it was, instead the jackpot was won in Switzerland. And anyway, this uh, they revealed their hardship on, um, on Instagram. And a lot of very sad evocative images of the two couples arms in arms and we just don't have it now we don't have the jacket maybe it's a blessing in disguise isn't it or one could have got kidnapped or something <laughs> <laughs> that's the way to look at it absolutely yeah. absolutely um and the other news mark um oh yeah there's this 29 year old mark and she's celebrating her life transformation she's an only fans model and thanks to only fans she says she's built a better life for her and her daughter <laughs> Yes, Ava Grace. She was homeless at 16 and she says she never really had family. And she says she works 18 hour days and it's not an easy gig, this OnlyFans. 18 hours. How? Hmm, I don't know. Although, maybe she uses that mat that you have. Uh, the acupressure <laughs> mat. Yeah, I'm sure it's a different kind of pressure. Oh. <laughs> and um, anyway, she's actually, Mark, is one of how many OnlyFans millionaires do you think there are? A hundred. Three hundred. Three hundred. Yeah. Jesus. It's remarkable, isn't it? And obviously everyone's, they're all delighted that uh, the OnlyFans made a backflip on their decision to um, ban explicit content. So Yeah. They're preserving that. That was a silly decision. For all else, yeah. it was a far life. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't know how she made a better life for her and her daughter. Maybe her. Just imagine your mammy. Mm. You go to school. Yeah. Anyone, any of your classmates going to see your fanny anytime they want. <laughs> there you have it. There you have it. That's pretty stark, all right. Yeah. That's yeah. the hard truth for lads. Yeah. It Sorry. Is. It is. Um, Mark, in India, the, a man has got a double life sentence. I didn't actually know there was such a thing. Right. A double life sentence for killing his wealthy wife with snakes. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. Is there, uh, <laughs> oh, there's more, there's more, yeah. Apparently he's the first um, confirmed uh, conviction that, of someone who has murdered using snakes. Um, his, he, he tried using a lethal, a lethal venomous snake. Um, first, th his wife was hospitalised for two months. Mm -hmm. And the second time, while she was recuperating in her mother's home, she uh, another snake got her and murdered her. Um, he pled not guilty. This is peak... Uh, what would I say? I don't know. It's typical of this story anyway. Plain not guilty, but then sure didn't the police find that he had phone records phoning snake handlers? And I think that was enough evidence uh, to prove that this man was guilty of it. And it shows as well, Mark, just uh, finally that uh, he he was from, he didn't have that much money. She had a lot of money. He became envious, envious of that money. And you know the way dowries would be involved as well. So because of that money, money killed 
this this relationship and indeed uh, this love affair. How many people do you think have gotten away with it? Killing their wives? With snakes. Or with snakes. (laughs) (laughs) I'd say, you know, in them places. Yeah. India where there's loads of snakes and all and you can't really prove it. Yeah. Do you know? You're in my crab. Is there a crab on that side? I I was thinking about, oh, that is a fine crab, yes. Um, But I was more, it's a lovely little writing on the side of it. What does it say? Uh, On the seabed. On the seabed, yes. Rather striking. Anyway, back to the snakes. Um, Snakes. So I um, read before about India and snakes. Oh, right. When the British colonised India, Mm -hmm. the government set out a, um, what would it be called? kind of like a game license for Indians to hunt the snakes. So they paid Indians for bringing in snake hides because the snakes were killing the British as well. So what the Indians started doing was breeding snakes <laughs> and killing them and bringing Brilliant. them in. So then Brilliant. they outlawed that. They outlawed yeah. killing the snakes. So yeah. then the snakes took over even more because they were breeding them. And now you're not allowed to kill them either. So the British are sure a fucking idiot. So. <laughs> Throughout history. Speaking of which, on a contrast uh, side note, the I saw an Instagram post lately that said that the Irish language uh, comes from a deeper place because um, the Bairla, mm. the Irish word for English, Bairla linked to Bail coming from the mouth. Mm. And this idea that uh, our English is not our mother tongue as such. And that uh, it, it revealed to me then maybe that it might be time to... Uh, look at their Irish language again I will certainly have a look at it but uh, it explains as well for me why I have such an obsession with some Irish words mm. there's some words that really ring out like fit a fucha I love that word what's that it means interwoven Ooh. and it, it's almost it's on a matapay I suppose in that the words kind of invoke that feeling you can almost feel the two yeah t- the lines of tread spinning together so yeah that's very nice any other ones uh, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mishnach. I've always liked Mishnach, and that's courage. And actually, we'll have a guest on who's into Celtic imagery, and he has a lot of uh, interest in these words, and more on that to mm. come. Watch this space. Ryan Holiday has a new book on courage. Yes, actually. I have it. Courage is the you key got it. or something. Yeah, is it calling? Maybe? Or courage, maybe, right? courage is calling. Right. It's a name, but it's very good. I've read maybe the first 50 pages or so. What have you taken from it? Uh, it's just kind of uh, addresses fear, uh, tells you, teaches you how to deal with fear and to break it down logically rather than letting it overtake you. And there's like loads of tips on uh, counting the enemy. Instead, there was a story about who was Ulysses S. Grant was traveling across America on a carrot, him and some other lad. And it was during the whatever what's it called, Civil War or whatever. Oh, right, and yeah. he was on the side of like freeing slaves or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he was in this cart and like wolves were a big problem back then. Mm-hmm. So him and the other lad heard a load of wolves howling. They thought like this is the end of us. They're like, and they were trying to estimate it. And he was talking to the other lad and he's like, how many wolves do you think were out there to him trying to be brave? And he's like, I don't know, probably about 20. He said he was underplaying it, trying to calm the other lad down. But two of them, like their hearts were racing, hearts were beating. And eventually they came closer to the wolves and it was only two of them. So then the wolves actually ran away when they saw the horse and carts in them. So he says that, that fear, when you let fear be this unknown thing in the distance, mm. it's way bigger than it actually is when you look it in the face or meet it. Mm. So it's we suffer more imagination than we do in reality. Yeah. So and that's only that's one of the first stories in it, which I felt very good. Yeah, so. it's it's a very striking one, and it bolsters the uh, the credibility of Tim Ferriss's approach to fear setting, which you've mm. mentioned before. That it's a very good technique. Mm. Yeah. 
Um, hmm, fears. Hmm. I don't know if this is connected, Mark, but it's a, it's a reflection of where society is at the moment. That forty-two percent of a survey's twelve hundred respondents in Canada would be able to have a romantic relationship with a robot. Twelve hundred. Well, there's forty-two percent of the twelve hundred. So what? There's five, five or six hundred there. That's there's enough people to fill gory little theatre anyway. There's a market. There's a market ever on Paper Tuesday, robots. Namaste. Namaste. Could you do it? No. No, no. I don't think so either. No. It's very weird, isn't it? Yeah. There's too much control there to have mm. a relationship with it, I think. Yeah. It's for psychopaths. Or sociopaths. Mm. Yeah. Because there's no take with it. Do you know? Must be given there's take. no surprise either. It's almost a total level of control in that, well, like, you know, that's, I'm, I'm a, not a robot, so I would have more power than this uh, creature, maybe. Yeah, until it fucking, this becomes autonomous mm. and it runs it with a strap on. <laughs> then what are you going to do? There's no reason with it then. These are the questions. Good you, night, Las Vegas. Yeah, much. you face the wall and accept your fate. <laughs> I want to move on back. Uh, do you know what? I want to move on because it makes it even funnier. Uh, we're going to move from strap-ons to Aiden Doyle. Shout out to Aiden Doyle of Pettits, who has moved from Gory to Bray after 34 years. Aiden Doyle. He is my man. He's not being chased by a robot. No, no, no. <laughs> He's being chased by goals and ambition. And uh, do you know what? That man worked so hard. And it's no wonder that he was on the wall of that Pettits. Uh, it's an iconic feature. You know, they're... The red hair? No. Oh. Hey, no, the red hair. I don't know. No, eh? Hey? Oh, you do, Mark. <laughs> uh, you know uh, Lawrence Murphy's uh, cafe on, yes. on Main Street? Uh, yeah. Uh, so then opposite, on the wall opposite that, there's always a man there. Ah. We've got such great value. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's an iconic image there. So that gone. man is gone to Bray. That's yeah. the new shop in Bray, isn't Yeah, it? I was there, Mark. And do you know what? It's top class. And do you know Penance? Penance has rebranded and remolded itself in the last few years for an iconic Wexford business and uh, if they want to sponsor us, sign into our DMs. Yeah. And yeah. Why not? <laughs> Why not? But I tell you what, they have a bakery and it's just top class, they've top drawer now, and uh, the Bray shop is highly recommended. Ooh, very nice. Mm. And um, yeah, so he spent 34 years in Gory and now he's moved on to Bray. And do you know what? He's, he's the type of man that just, he worked long hours and now if you put in the hours after all those years, I'm sure he's getting well remunerated to heading up the inner level and changing the face of grocery shopping for North Wicklow. Beautiful. Yeah. Uh, we get no commission for that. <laughs> uh, back to my previous topic of willies and stuff. Oh yeah. So, <laughs> I don't know if you've experienced this or if uh, any of the listeners have experienced this, but have you ever put your finger as hard as you can into your belly button? No. Right, well, if you do it, and I'm sure I hope the people listening do this as well. So what I want you to do, do with is guy. take your index finger, stick it into your belly button, get in there good and deep, and then push as hard as you can. I hear so, your stomach more gurgling. It's not gurgling. Oh. You get a sharp pain down through your penis. I just got it there because I didn't push too hard. But I definitely felt it. And uh, I'd done it, I'd say I was a child when I did it the first time, and I always knew about it, but I never brought it up with anyone. Just because I thought everyone knew and because you don't really bring it up with people. But Breed tried to shove her finger in my belly button recently and I freaked out and I had to explain this to her. And she thought she told me it wasn't true. She didn't believe me. So it led me to a Google search and I have the diagnosis for it. 
So, your umbilical, your umbilicus belly button is in, innervated by the T10 detrimon, a branch of sympathetic nerve trunk. The uterus, cervix, and testicles are innervated by this branch, while the penis is innervated by T11. When stimuli are pretty close to each other, it's quite possible that they could mix up and give confused signals. This is also the reason why people have heart attacks. Well, when people have heart attacks, they also might feel pain in their neck or shoulder. In this case, the phenomenon, phenomenon is called referred pain. Wow. So it's referred pain. If I push my belly button in, my body actually thinks it's in my penis. You're, sorry? You're, you're, <laughs> if I, if I, not my finger, not my finger, the pain. So the pain of me pushing really hard my belly button into my abdominals yeah. is referred pain is what I'm feeling in my penis. Okay. We're going to have to pause this conversation now. Shane, Jesus, Mark. We're going to have to think about these, Mark. All right. I've done, <laughs> I've done that there now, Mark. And I don't have the pain in the penis, but I have the pain, like, <laughs> around me gold anyway. Well, yeah, so yeah. there's pain created from putting the pressure there. Yeah. So, yeah, that is interesting. Yeah. Do you know, actually, now that we're on nerves, I'm going to let off a bit of steam right. here right now. And... Um, Ashen has this obsession with pop popping my spots. Yes. And um, when she pops the spots, sometimes, especially on one half of my nose, my legs will go crazy. No way. Yeah. And she will say, oh, you're overreacting. I, was just, I didn't even touch it. Yeah. And I don't care. It's, it's a nervous reaction to whatever part of me she's touching or whatever. So you can't control your legs. You just yeah. shoot out. Now... Yeah. Yeah. But I kind of go with it now at the same time. Like, mm. I'm not saying legs stop, don't do that. I'm letting the legs want to move, let the legs move, right, next spot, you know? Yeah. You just go with it. Yeah. It's like a, a reflex. Yes. To pain. Yes. Yes. But the same thing is going on here, I think. Yeah. In that we're seeing... Now my penis doesn't shoot up like that. No. 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 It doesn't. No. That'd be, uh, specified as a kink, I suppose, if you were to put my belly button in and it was to shoot up. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Why did Breed stick her finger in your belly button? I don't know. It's just investigative oh. work, I suppose. I suppose so. See what happened. Mm. <laughs> I'm going to pierce it. I'm going to get pierced and put something in there. Just to stop a blockage. Again. Yeah, a blockage. No entry. <laughs> oh. uh, what you're saying though about deferred pain. So when I get that bicep tattooed, I got fierce pain on the left side of my head. Wow. For the entire thing. It was okay. like just pulsing on the left side of my head. Yeah. From the nervous and uh, nerve ends in there. That's mad. Mm -hmm. hmm. Interesting. So, uh, Halloween is coming up, Michael. It is. And uh, in the lead up to it, I've been researching some, some kind of creepy stuff on the internet. Okay. And so this doesn't really, it's not really Halloween, but it's kind of creepy. So this post was uh, parents of Reddit. What is the creepiest thing your young child has ever said to you? Oh. So the first comment here is, I was tucking in my two year, two year old son. He said, goodbye, dad. I said, no, we say goodnight. He said, I know, but this time it's goodbye. I had to check on him a few times to make sure he was still there. And But it was fine he the next fine, day. Uh, apparently so. Janie, it would give you a rush, so wouldn't it? Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, this time it's goodbye. Okay. Yeah, fuck. Yeah. Uh, next comment. While changing my daughter in front of an open closet door, she kept looking around and laughing. I asked her what was so funny. She said, the man. To which I replied, what man? She then pointed at the closet and said, the man with the snake neck. I turn around and nothing was there. I'm afraid to look into the history of my house to see if anyone has hung themselves in the closet. At least she wasn't scared. Ooh. <sighs> um, they're in Johnny Fox. Oh, I'm going to go for it. Yeah. In Johnny Fox's pub, there might be, there might be. They have instances where young children are able to see things that might be there. 
so like they'll say, oh, I was playing with the woman down at the end of the corridor and there's no one there. But there's been more than one child has had that. With a woman. Uh, so either a woman or a man. Or, uh, uh, there's definitely a story anyway of frequent occurrences of this sort of uh, behaviour. It'd give you the chills, wouldn't it? Maybe children can see stuff we can't. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Imagination is looser, the subconscious is, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's not as closed off. It's not mm. to say, like, we narrow in as we get older. Yeah. And, and yeah. that we're more freer in our um, interpretations when we're younger. Yeah. Uh, so the next one is not to me, but to my, but to his grandmother. He was cuddling her, with her and being very sweet. He was about three at the time. He takes her face in his hands and brings his face closer to hers and then tells her that she's very old and will die soon. And then he makes a point of looking at the clock. Gee, <laughs> <laughs> a three-year-old. Yeah. A three-year-old daughter. That's mad. That is mad. Shame. Uh, my three-year-old daughter stood next to her newborn brother and looked at him for a while and then turned to me and said, Daddy, it's a monster. We should bury it. Oh, <laughs> I think that was about me and Shane actually. Uh, I was on a bus recently and we were stopped outside a walk-in clinic. A little girl in the front seat in front of me turned to her dad and said, "Death is the poor man's doctor," and that was that. Whoa! And then edit. I've never realised this was an Irish proverb. Context: I'm Irish. Wow, that's mad. Weird, isn't it? That is mad. <laughs> I jokingly asked, "What's the best way to get a girlfriend?" My seven-year-old's response. Tell her to be my girlfriend or she'll never see her parents again. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, I asked my child, why are you crying? He says, bad man. I said, what bad man? He said, there. Points behind me at a dark corner of the room. Ooh. Lamp on the bookshelf next to said darkened corner falls off as soon as I turn <gasps> to look. She slept in our, or he slept in our bed that night. Ooh. I like this one. Yeah. Right, so, uh, this sort of relates, it still makes me laugh hysterically. My childhood friend recently found his journal from when he was about six or seven. Mm. One entry said something along the lines of, sometimes mommy gardens, sometimes daddy works inside the house. When, mo when daddy thinks I'm with mommy and mommy thinks I'm with daddy, sometimes I like to go into the neighbor's garage and play with their dangerous tools. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Mm. So that, yeah, that's that from Reddit. Well, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, we can we something occurred last night. Oh yes, I think it's time for parishioner of the week. Yeah. And this is the one, the only, Keen Savage, Blob. Shout Keen. out. I wasn't at the match. Mark was a part of the match. And do you know what Keen Savage gets? Man of the, or man of the match? Gets, <laughs> no, he didn't. <laughs> he gets parishioner of the week um, because he. Um, he experienced a lot of emotion in Castletown at a Junior B football game, which they have in a one uh, four ten to ten points. Um, yeah, and uh, anyway, Keen Keen featured, and then he didn't feature. And when he didn't feature, he um, wasn't too happy. And I was actually I knew something was up anyway because I knew the match was on. And at the match, somehow someone was. You know, it's bad when someone at a match removes someone from the group. At the match, you know, so that's what happened anyway. And uh, oh yeah, actually, see, then someone then said, "How do I apply for the captaincy?" And anyway, this resulted then in the captain uh, giving a big apology. Um, I don't want to. Uh, uh, I I think he referred to other neighbouring clubs that you know um, might be vying for the title now. So the captain focused on the challenge in hand and uh, ignored any previous events that may have arisen with maybe being upset at being taken off. 
I've couched a lot of what I've said in the last three minutes, minutes but... Uh, <laughs> what has well, couch been? Couch, I've covered it up with little... I've oh, skirted yeah. around the surface. Yeah, I put a little blanket over it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm putting Keen Savage to bed. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> but Keen, sorry, let's let's cut to the feckin' chase here, Mark. Keen Savage, he loves football. Sometimes that pe- passion overspills, Mark. It just gets too, too exciting, too overwhelming. And it overwhelmed Keen, and he had to apologise and apologise to his teammates. And do you know what? Fair play to him. And Blub, we salute you. Have it. Parishioner of the week title. Take it for a week. Give it back to us there. It's all yours. Yeah. Uh, also, shout out to our uh, sponsor, friend and partner, Connor Moore, who scored a goal against Castellan last night. He did. So, uh, shout out Mark Halpin Fitness. That was yeah. all me. <laughs> <laughs> no, wanted, Absolutely. It was a great goal, actually. It was the only part of the match I saw. Yeah. Uh, also, I want to give a shout out oh. to Kino Tool Physiotherapy, oh. who helped me with my hamstring. And he was very good because it's an issue that I had for. About five years, and it's the, the only time I've ever got right. I've worked with physios in the past. I've tried fixing it myself. I've tried a hundred different things, mobility programs, everything. And the only thing that has actually got and kept it right is the work I did with Keen. So wow. it's in gory business park, and yeah. Brilliant. I love that. Support local. Chari- or, well, he's not a charity. But <laughs> no, he's not a charity. <laughs> Support him anyway. Keen Otto. That's great. That's great. Um, and do you know what? I, I, I know Nathana won the game. I want to be fair and equal about it. And give uh, an honourable mention to Castletown's, I'd say he's MVP, if that's right, Collie Malai. I don't know this man, but the myth, the legend of this Collie Malai figure has me enthused. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's the main feature of that junior B team, isn't he? Oh, it? he is, yeah. Mm. Full forward, the danger yeah. man, the pocket rocket. <laughs> Go on, Collie. That's he calls himself. Big <laughs> <laughs> things to come from that junior B team. Yes. Big things to come. Oh, I like that. I like that. And, uh, yeah. Here um, we have a flash food. We haven't had one in a little while. No, we no. haven't one. He's taken a sabbatical. Yeah, well, here he is. Let's see what he has to say. Oh, lads, wait till you hear this one. I was out during the week. I was driving into UCD there, coming down in towards Dundrum. And I was at, excuse me, I was at um, Wesley College. And do you know what happened? Some bastard running up the road decides to hit the button on the traffic light and jog on. And laughed at us all in the traffic. But I nearly wound down the window and fucked him out of it. But I didn't. I was on the phone at the time, so he, he was lucky. But another day, I could have fucked him out of it easily. <laughs> These lads in Dublin, I tell you, they need to cop them on to themselves. Right, there's 36 seconds back. I think James actually has two very important messages that he wants to get across to us. Mm. Do you know what those two messages are? Um, <clears throat> no. One is that he has indigestion. Probably. Okay. There's a little bounce yeah. there in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> I think there are two messages. That James was in UCD. The manager is back, He's baby. He's back, baby. He's back. <laughs> and uh, the second message was that he was on the phone. He was talking to important people. Ah, yeah. Yeah, that, that man on the hitting the traffic light, that's only a little side story. Yeah, real yeah. story is Flash Flood is living life to the back. Arses yeah. to the wall, ladies. James is back. <laughs> Oh, I, I can see him sitting I outside the canteen now, talking leather trench coats. Yeah, yeah, drinking coffee. Yeah, fags. He's made for winter. Like that's a that's an evergreen feature of James Foot. He doesn't need the summer months. He can do that in wind, rain, hail, or sleet or snow. Yeah. Would you have spent much time outside the canteen with James now in your UCD days? Canteen. I'm trying to think of where you might be talking about in so your UCD. The clubhouse. Like, the no, not the clubhouse. If you keep going, 
past the ag building from the clubhouse. The all arts building. Yes yes, 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 yeah. In the smoking area yes, almost, yeah. I doubt there are, I'd, I'd say smoking isn't allowed even there now anymore, but it used to be a regular feature of that arts building. You'd see a lot of intellectual types and people with long jackets, as you say, yeah. and they'd have lots of views on the world. And, no yeah. jobs. And James would be sitting in the smoking area and not smoking. And one yeah, day I yeah. was up there, like, and sure, I don't know why I was there, but yeah. I was, probably should have been doing something else. But uh, James, like, come out here now, this will be great crack. And we just stood outside, and that was it. We were just sitting there, and he's like, Isn't this great? And I was like, Yeah, it's great. You see these some place as well for that because that area, I don't think there's as much concrete in that area in anywhere else in the world. It's crazy. It's concrete it? everywhere. It's and it's like peak 1970s architecture or something. Yeah. Yeah, it's so grey. Yeah. And dull. Yeah. And like, ugh, call it hate. <laughs> yeah, it's mad, isn't it? Would you go back? Um, would I go back? Uh, if I went back, I'd want to run the place. Yeah. <laughs> is there, is there a Lord Mayor of UCD? <laughs> No, we had uh, Old Man Belfield, I think that was... Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, <laughs> for, uh, he's gone to his grave. R.I.P. Yeah. R.I.P. And, um, yeah, I suppose we have only time now for Roy Keane, I suppose. Um, Roy, any time. Go on, Michael, give us a page. Um, 371, oh, we probably don't have 370. No. Uh, 271, please. Oh, 271. 273. Ah, there's only a small bit on this. Oh, I'll go. My flight was at 6pm. I watched some DVDs to cheer me up. Faulty Towers. A bit of Basil did the trick. My World Cup experience deepened and my appreciation of the great football club I play for. Also reinforced were friendships old and new that were th that are the cornerstones of my life. In the days that followed the melodramatics in Saipan, many well-meaning people tried to fix what was broken. Some bluffers also got in on the act. They know who they are, and so do I. Any possibility of reconciliation disappeared when the Irish squad put their names to a statement which insisted I shouldn't return. I would be a distraction. I can only guess, as I'm sure you can, who drafted that statement and who corralled the younger players in the squad to add their names to it. The fucking bastard. <laughs> Not uh, better, man. Let's bright one under the tarot cards. Uh, no. Everything is right in the world. Go out, go out, enjoy yourselves. Have a Get great some day. sleep, drink some water. Yeah. Have a nice time. Yeah. Enjoy the weekend. Yeah. Because it's going to be Monday soon. So <laughs> have a great weekend. Don't eat too many sweets. Have some coffee. Have Coffee's some coffee. all go, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, hug your mammies. Hug your mammies, yeah. Um, and your daddies. Cry if you need to. It's okay. Yeah, it's okay. too. Yeah, yeah. And do you know what? Have a pumpkin spice latte and see if that's really what they're on about. Do, yeah. yeah. Post it on Instagram too yeah. so you can see. Tag us yeah. in your picture of your pumpkin spice latte <laughs> and we'll share it. Good day. Bye bye. <laughs>